turn once again to Exodus chapter 20, uh, the Ten Commandments, to utilize these as God's own words to us for how to live out what we just sang. Lord, we want to glorify you today, morning, noon, and night, in all the circumstances of our life, and all of our sufferings, and whatever comes. But how do we do that? Well, uh, the law certainly gives to us God's character, God's will, God's desires for us. And so we continue to pray through the Ten Commandments together as a congregation. Let me read this morning, Exodus chapter 20. Let me read the text, verses 1 down through verse 17. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children of the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in it, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor. Well, we've made our way this morning into the sixth of the commandments, verse 13, you shall not murder. Just a quick reminder of how we are to look at this. The first four commandments certainly focus, they have a Godward orientation. They focus upon God himself, our duty to God, our love to God. How are we to relate to God on the basis of the value he places upon himself? We don't get to pick and choose how God is to be esteemed and valued. God himself knows his value and he tells us this is how you relate to a God that you've never known like me before. You shall have no other gods before my face. Meaning, don't come and, uh, in your worship before me and bring other idols before me. I don't permit you to worship me among other gods. When you come to worship, when you seek my face, don't bring anything else in front of my face. It's me and me alone. He's going to tell us later, I'm jealous for my name. He tells us how we're to worship. He tells us how we're to revere his name. When, even when you utter my name, when you sing my name, when you pray to my name, understand my name reflects who I am. And when you take my name and you have shallow thoughts of me, that's a disgrace to me. I'm jealous for my name. I will punish anyone who does not esteem my name the way, what? I esteem my name. There's great weight, there's great gravity to my name. You're to revere me when you come to worship and when we are to worship the Sabbath day practice. So those 
first four commandments are focused upon our duties to God as He conveys those to us. Now, the rest of the commandments have a more horizontal orientation, but bear in mind, we talked about this somewhat extensively last week. It's not as though God now shifts away from, now we've talked about me, now let's talk about how you glorify me and the way you relate to other people. Let's turn the attention to them. Rather, it's not a shifting of gears from uh, God to man. Now it's a shifting of gears. Now this is still about me. But this is, your, this is how you express your love to me in the way you relate to other people. If you sin against people, it's not first and foremost a sin against them. It's a sin against me. And so we saw last week the uh, loving of your mother and your father, honoring them. We saw that as a reflection not just of our parental authority, but God's authority over us, not just in our homes, but all of life. And then we happen to be talking about that last Lord's Day in the sermon when Jesus confronts there in the temple. Remember, he goes and he cleans out the temple because in the court of the Gentiles where prayer to God should be taking place, you have money changers, you have animals, and God wipes it clean. And they are irate. What gives you the authority Jesus, to come and do this to our church. This is our church. We have it set up the way we want. And what does Jesus say? You want my credentials to do this? Destroy this temple. In three days, it comes back to life. There's my credentials. I'm the king, the Messiah, who you will kill, and I come back to life. You don't get to pick and choose how to live. I'm the authority. And the same is true in our lives. And now this morning, as we come to this sixth commandment, you shall not murder, in verse 13. As we come together for prayer, how, how are we to utilize this? As I look around the room, I don't know the background of your life, but I'm, I'm going to take a leap here and say none of us are guilty of murder. How are we to understand this? Is it, is it merely killing another person? Well, according to Jesus' teaching in the New Testament, absolutely not. Jesus explains in the Sermon on the Mount what this commandment really is all about. He says, you've heard the ancients were told in Matthew chapter 5, you shall not commit a murder. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I, I, and who's this the I? The resurrected one? The Messiah? The King of kings? I say to you, everyone who's angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. So according to our divine standard, which is Christ himself, we in this room, every one of us, are as good as murderers, even if we've never pulled the trigger on an individual in our life. In God's eyes, every one of us are murderers. The Heidelberg Catechism, we talk about historical documents from time to time here, is a great help with this. The Heidelberg Catechism gives us a couple questions and answers, biblical answers to these questions. And in that catechism, the question is, what is God's will for the church, for us, in the sixth commandment? And this is the response. I am not to belittle, listen to this, not to belittle, hate, or insult my neighbor. Not by my thoughts, my words, my look, my, my facial expression, my gesture, and certainly not by actual deeds. Now, if you're paying attention there, I want to ask, raise your hand if, 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 you don't, if that didn't drive right to the, right, a stake right to your heart there. Because let me read that again. 
What is God's will for you in the sixth commandment that you shall not murder? I am not to belittle, to hate, to insult, or kill my neighbor by my thoughts, by my words, by my look, by my gesturing, and certainly not by actual deeds. I am not to be a party to this in the lives of others, meaning when others are doing so. I'm not to lend support to it. Well, I know where you're coming from. I know what you're saying. I understand why you are murdering this person. We don't take part in it. I'm to put away all desires for revenge. I would commend to you that document, the Heidelberg Catechism. There's a wonderful questions and answers there for a lot of things. But I think that's very helpful for us this morning as we come together as a church to glorify God, to seek Him, to turn our hearts to Him. And to, as we come into the, faith, into the presence of God, to realize that we can't just come just as I am. I know there's a song that we sing, just as I am. But that's really not true. We can't come just as I am. We must come in Christ. We must come together honestly, openly. God knows everything about us. We're going to see that again this morning in John's gospel. He knows what's in our heart. He knows the anger, the murder, the belittling, the insults the looks, the glances, the facial expressions that we thought we did behind somebody's back, the gestures we did, either physically or in our hearts. He knows. And we expect him to receive our worship this morning? That's tainted with our sin, with our murdering. This morning, we come together for prayer, not because we're so holy. We come together to pray. We're a holy bunch. This is good. No, we come together for prayer because we're wretched, because we're needy, and because we have a great Savior who has made the way for us to be able to worship God in the way we just prayed that we would all throughout the day, in spite of this sin of murder in our hearts. So this morning as we come together for prayer, our prayer together, yes, again, I have say this often, Yes, this is a time to pray God's blessing upon this worship service. That's a right prayer to pray. But to pray that prayer honestly, it must also be cloaked in, Lord, we know you can't bless it unless we come with the right hearts. And we congregationally, we come together and we confess. We've broken the first commandment, the second commandment, the third commandment, the fourth commandment, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. We've done it this week, this morning. And we come together this morning realizing we're sinners and we have a great Savior. We come together this morning to look to Christ. How can you and I as murderers approach God this morning in prayer and hope to glorify Him? Astonishingly, we who have broken the command, thou shalt not murder, the way back to God is through the murder of His Son. Christ was murdered for his murderous people, for the people who murdered him, for the people who murdered people in the likeness of his father, either physically or with our words or with our actions or with our thoughts. Christ died on the cross, bleeding and dying amidst the insults and mockery of the crowds who crucified him, piling up all the guilt of breaking the sixth commandment. And Christ took it upon himself. Christ died the death. The murderers like you and I deserve to die so that our sins could be forgiven. 
the slate wiped clean, and the access to God might be paved, that we could seek him and pursue him out of a heart of holiness, a heart of purity, as though we never sinned. And we come together this morning just to confess, to deal with that sin, to bring it before the Lord, to ask his blessings upon this worship service. We want it to be about you. Remember what I said this morning from C.S. Lewis? We want to be so lost in things today. I don't care what songs we sing. I don't care what text we preach as long as we preach a text. We just want you. But to have this God, we must come together and be a people who are seeking him, confessing our sin, repenting of our sins, and looking unto Jesus.